Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thrown out of her apartment, New York City apartment, Natalia, a 25-year-old emotionally unhinged young woman relies on the kindness of friends and strangers, seemingly unaware of the havoc that she wrecks. She skips from one place to another, including the apartment of her best friend Hannah, where she crashes a holiday party and seduces Hannah's socially inept brother, that would be Nathan, and it goes from there. This is truly a menagerie of troubled New York characters set against the backdrop of a homeless shelter, an orthodox religious household, and a cacophony of streets uh, of New York City. Soft in the head is how, how is a look at how easy it is to lose one's head in the big city. We are joined by the director, writer, producer. I believe you even did some editing on Soft in the Head. That would be Nathan Silver. Nathan, welcome to Film School. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, boy, uh, you did a lot, uh, obviously, in the film. Um, and tell me a little bit about the story behind uh, Soft in the Head. So basically, I um, I wanted to do an adaptation of The Idiot from the time I was in um, in school. I went to school for, for playwriting, and then I made the transition to screenwriting while I was there. And The Idiot was always my favorite novel, but I tried to do these standard adaptations. It's, it's Dostoevsky's, um, yeah. it's a book by Dostoevsky about this, this um, character who has, you know, who's too kind for his own good, basically, and the world destroys him. Yeah, um, yeah. So I wanted to do this adaptation, and then I tried to do it, like one of my short films was, I tried to do a scene from it, and then I tried to put together this whole other production, which was also called Soft in the Head, which fell apart the first night of shooting. And um, after that production fell apart, I made a movie called Exit Elena, mm-hmm. and I saw what um, I thought with Exit Elena we used improvisation. We worked off of an outline instead of a script, as I had on my previous films. So I saw how working off of an outline could free things up. And basically, what I did is I met. Uh, what happened was I met this guy, uh, Ed Ryan, who plays Maury in the movie, mm-hmm. and he, you know, he reminds me a lot of the character Prince Michigan. Um, in the idiot, so I, I thought that um, if I just found people who resembled the characters in the book and cast them and developed, you know, the characters for the movie with them and throughout the plot of the book, I could actually do finally do an adaptation of this book that had haunted me for so long. Yeah. So basically, that's how it came about. So I found um, I found Ed, and I knew I wanted Shayla, who was my roommate's sister. Um, and Jayla, I wanted her to, you know, like I thought that there was something of uh, Nastasia from The Idiot in her, so we developed this character, Natalia. And then from there, I just would, I just slowly cast more and more people. And, the, you know, the finished film doesn't resemble The Idiot at all, but that's where it all started with this, you know, this desire to adapt it. So inspired by <laughs> yep. the app description. Um, the... Uh, the obviously an important part. Well, first let me go back to the the scripting of this. Um, it sure. feels like a film where there's a lot of I- improvisation. Uh, the actors are, I, I'm honest, it's almost documentary like watching these actors in these roles. I mean, I had absolutely no reservation about 
buying into their characters, particularly at the homeless shelter. I, I thought that yeah. was just a remarkable assembly, ensemble of people uh, in, in that situation. Um, tell me a little bit about how much of this was scripted and how much of it is you're letting your characters kind of live their parts. Well, you know, the, the homeless, the guys at the homeless shelter, those were the last ones I cast um, because I didn't even know that I was going to have a homeless shelter in the movie until a month before shooting when I was talking to Ed Ed Ryan about like his past uh, experiences doing charity work, and then we we decided that we needed we needed him to have these people staying in his apartment, and completely shifted the uh, trajectory of the outline that group that I'd written. Um, so I cast those folks last, and I just had them all base their characters on homeless. They were all from they all grew up in New York. Everyone I cast mm-hmm. for the homeless shelter, mm-hmm. and I just had them base their characters on you know people that they'd known growing up or you know homeless folks who you know because a lot of times you you know you when you're living in new york you become friendly with some homeless folks in your area and yes so that's what they did and then i just you know they really bonded well some of them bonded and then you know like they all um had an aversion to the character of of david played by theodore belucas and um so i just let that kind of you know like i, I just allowed that to happen and that yeah that shifted everything but um yeah. the outline Exit Elena, my movie yeah. prior to this was completely like every scene was completely outlined, even though the dialogue was improvised, you know, all the actions were scripted. Yeah. In this movie, we ended up throwing out the outline three days into the shoot because of something that an actor did. He did something unexpected. We kept the cameras rolling and we just kept shooting and shooting and shooting. And then after that incident, I realized uh, that we had to basically throw out the outline that we'd had in place. And I went up to the roof of my apartment building where we were shooting with. Uh, the cinematographer and the production designer, and we sat around and basically wrote out a new, um, a, basically just like a list of what had to happen for the rest, of the rest of the scenes for the movie on a napkin, and that's what we followed for the rest of the shoot. So, so a new trajectory of the story is essentially yeah. what unfolded for you. Now, uh, just from the conversation we've had so far, I, I have the sense that you're a very trusting uh, artist, film director in the sense that you are willing to, you're hearing, you're listening to what's, uh, very intently to what's going on, and you're willing to adapt to the circumstances in front of you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like I'm an enabler more than a director. I'm not any sort of dictatorial presence on set. I don't, that's never worked for me. When I started making films, I wanted to be that kind of, you know, classic idea of a director, but um, I far prefer, I allow the actors to improvise and the Direct, the director of photography improvises along with the actors. I mean, it's it's kind of setting up a basically like this fictional environment that then we're documenting. So yeah. it's um, it it definitely I allow things to just go and go and go. I mean, I push and nudge things into place when they go when they're when they're going nowhere. But it's more about just you know if a, if you cast someone, you allow them to do their thing. Um, especially in a situation like this where you develop the character with the actor so they know the character better than I do. Yeah. And um, I trust the camera because I, I, I trust that they will get they'll get something. I always, and I, I don't care if the camera's on the person speaking. I care, like, because we can cut away to reaction shots. My movies are mostly made up of reaction shots. That's yeah. much more interesting to me than watching someone say something like, I'm breaking up with you. I'd rather see the person who's being broken up with right. and how they react. 
Right. Well, we're speaking with uh, uh, Nathan Silver. The film is Soft in the Head. It opens in New York. So those listening to us streaming live across the country, um, uh, check it out. Where's the? What theaters are we opening in New York? Cinema Village on oh, 12th Street okay. in University Place. Okay. And um, <clears throat> and then my other movie, Exit Lane, is actually going to be playing. <clears throat> it's having a revival at Anthology Film Archives on uh, April 27th and 28th. But that's happening as well. So I guess the I'm sure you get a lot of questions uh, about uh, sort of cinema influences. It 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 is you know a Cassavetian like. Uh, it, it, uh, is that is that fair? Do you feel like that? Is... I love Cassavetes to death. I mean, he you know except for the first version of Shadows he made and Husbands, everything he did was scripted, mm-hmm. and he followed the script heavily. Whereas you know I do complete improvisation. Right. So. Um, I guess in a sense, like I love the sense of um, of humanity that his movies have. I love like Maurice Piola, the French filmmaker, okay. um, particularly like you know Anno's Amour with the famous dinner scene where he no one knew that the father was still basically in the script. The father had died, but um, and it was played by the director, and the director decided that the father was not dead, and he just appeared in the scene. <laughs> and shocked everyone, and the cameras were rolling, and it was just kind of this amazing, you know, it's just like, to watch that scene is it's crazy. I love stuff like that, and I love, like, I love uh, the Canadian documentary filmmaker Alan King okay. and reality TV, big influence. <laughs> you know, you know, i got to say, uh, uh, the, the, the camera work, you're so inside the, the, the it's such an up-close uh, POV point of view on on your in this film. I, I I really literally feel like I'm in the room uh, for for this film. I, I it's hard not to feel that way given where you put the camera and how intimate you are. And it reminds me of one of my favorite mil- films uh, going back to uh, Julian Donkey Boy. I just felt like oh yeah you know you I you were you, it was almost claustrophobic watching that film and what in that you just you. You, you weren't going to get away from these characters. You were right up Absolutely. close. Absolutely, yeah. And, uh, and the, go ahead. And that was, I mean, that was born out of necessity. We, we shot in small spaces, and I right. mean, New York is just tight, confined place when you're, you know, interior-wise. And so I wanted to make a movie about New York and not show the streets or not show New York, <laughs> just hear New York in the background. Right, so, right. To give this claustrophobic sense as well. Well, well, it, it is. It just feels, I, and, and, and these just a great cast. I mean, across the board, uh, Hannah and and Nathan's family uh, are just fan. This is fan. Just really, I, uh, I say believable. That doesn't sound. That's not an adequate word for this. But it, it just feels like you're right there in at at the family dinner. Uh, the cast, as I said, at at the homeless shelter. Uh, but the you know kind of the uh, the carrier of this film, the person who really. Uh, moves us from one part of the film to the other is uh, is uh, Natalia. Uh, yeah. Tell me a little bit about her and and the actress as well. Tell me about her character, but the actress Sheila. Is sure. It- so um, I mean, we we worked out the character together for months on end, and I mean, she was going through a rough patch in her life, so it was kind of working on an exaggerated version or the worst version of you know, like what she could become. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what ended up in the film. So we, I think it was, it was, uh, in the end it was uh, good for her, but she, I think it was also very trying. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, it was just, because, uh, you know, she's a, the, the character's a mess. Um, now, now Shayla, you know, is doing very well and, you know, has, has a newborn baby and, you mm-hmm. know, 
it's kind of funny to think back on that time. But um, yeah, it was kind of it was a very you know I think it was a trying thing for her. Well, let me just kind of fr- uh, frame this a little bit, Natalia, and it's uh, Sheila Echeberria. Chavaria. Uh, you said Chavaria. Pardon me. Um, is uh, is unhinged. I mean, she is. Uh, she just seems to to be blissfully unaware on one level of what she's doing, but then in moments she's completely understands the ramp, the sort of the impact she's having on the lives of these people, and even in this relationship, this relationship, and I'll put in quotes around that uh, with Nathan. Uh, yeah. seems on one hand to be uh, sincere, but on the other hand, very manipulative and very yeah. almost cynical. Um, yeah. And, um, and and surprisingly, uh, Ed Ryan's character um, is, is I mean, he's the, Maury is the heart of this film in so many ways. The, the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the humanity of this film is, is, is Maury, and, and she seems to have bonded with him in ways that aren't, uh, readily apparent in the in the, in the film initially, but it's easy. To Absolutely, see that. yeah. Tell me a little bit about that that relation. Just uh, Nat Natalia was just she was a fantastic character, um, and you're right. In developing her, uh, I'm sure was very tough emotionally because there is a lot of there. Well, t- yeah, you said it. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a very difficult emotionally wrenching kind of performance. Yeah. I mean, and, and the whole thing with, you know, with Ed Ryan and Maury, I mean, Ed, Ed truly is, uh, like, the kindest human being I've met and the most, you know, gentle, nurturing, you know, soul <laughs> that I've encountered. So it was funny because, uh, you know, they, Shayla and Ed, had an immediate bond in, you know, in, in any case, just, you know, on a very human level. But I did, when I introduced the characters to each other, they never actually met. The, they met only met in character, so like I, the actors would only meet in character for the rehearsals and during the shoot. They didn't know each other's names, like real names or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of dictated a lot of the relationships too, I suppose, because they only knew each other in character and um, all the dynamics. So, but I, I guess like you know, with with Ed and 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 um, and Kayla's characters, they just had a natural bond, and so I wanted to. I wanted to, I didn't want to go at it directly. I just wanted to hint at it throughout and then come to it, you know, and towards the, you know, the finale of the movie. Well, I'm going to read something into it and correct me if my perception is in, is wrong on this. It feels like Sheila, I mean, I'm uh, sorry, Natalia uh is is smart enough to understand the situations and where she is in her life. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's that's sort of the manipulation of Nathan and Hannah to some extent until Hannah doesn't play anymore but i think she sees maury as the backstop in her life the sort of the the the, uh, the safety net yeah absolutely she, someone else she can uh, i who will always take her in no matter what yes and so yes. it's when she finds that that situation she is uh in, 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 in see the film because uh it, it's uh there's a lot of uh, a lot to be revealed that we're not going to talk about here but uh yeah, I just, I just really, it's, it's, it's touching, and for all of the sort of, you know, dysfunction and and the, the uh, sort of the misery of some of these people's lives, it's, uh, it's such a, uh, in some ways, a very, it's such a human film. I mean, we don't see these kind of characters given the depth 
that they get in soft in the head. They, they and they're able to you really reveal themselves, and that's to your credit and to the actor's ability here to be able to reveal that. In there. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. A um, couple of things technically. What was the shot on? It was shot on uh, DSLRs, on Canon DSLRs, and then we mucked up the image in um, in post because I, I don't like. I mean, like I, I hate the pristine quality of like this yeah. hyper sharp quality of HD. So we plan, we'd originally intended to shoot the movie on sixteen, but when we realized how much footage we'd have to shoot, we you know our budget wouldn't allow it. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, we're speaking with uh, Nathan Silver. The film is soft in the head. It's opening today. Uh, that would be April uh, 18th in, in New York City. Um, and we'll. Be, it, I hope. I'm hoping. How long before we get to Los Angeles? Do we have? Is that enough? Um, yeah, that's in the works. Working out the dates. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, yep. th- 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 going back to the technical stuff. Uh, uh, sound design was fa- fantastic. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Arjun Sheth. Oh yeah, Arjun Sheth. Yeah, so he he's great. What he did is like we just took because it was you know there was only one um, there was only we didn't have we had lobs but they were terrible and so we couldn't use any of the lobs yeah. lob tracks so yeah. it was basically just a boom and the boom operator didn't know where because we had multiple cameras going so yeah. the boom operator had no idea what point the focus was mm-hmm. so we ended up having to like cart, like basically all the dialogue is almost just like this kind of chaotic, hectic thing that's, it's like the soundtrack of the movie, you know, it's almost, there's no music in the movie, so it's just, like, that is the music, it's just the yeah. chit-chat, because you have so many scenes with multiple characters, and then you get bits of information that pop up to the surface, and Arjun just really exploited that, and said that we had it, you know, that we should go with that, and allow that, and not, not ADR too much, just clean up, like, just kind of, you know, you do, it's, yeah, exploit what we have. Yeah. Well, that that it just it, again you 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 spoke earlier about the sound of the city really is the soundtrack and uh, for a lot of the film and uh, but you're right the dialogue just fills in all the spaces here um, and uh, director photography co writer and editor Cody Stokes yes wow. yeah he's my yeah, yeah my my main man um, I he came on to um, help me finish the edit of Exit Elena and he did a spectacular job and then we just ended up collaborating on this project and then another project that we shot last summer um which we're finishing up now and uh, i love working with him he's a very like he's just like a um swiss army knife the guy and a great filmmaker in his own right so he um helps keep the chaos in you know he helps <laughs> rein in the chaos that i create <laughs> yeah are, are on, on set are you are you tapping him on the shoulder or does he know what you want i mean we have like a he actually he just goes in he just goes in for I mean, because we usually have multiple cameras going, and I, I follow behind his, uh, I watch his monitor mostly, mm-hmm. and um, it's more just like, if there's something happening, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll push him over to let him know, but for the most part, he just, you know, it's, he's, it's like shooting a documentary, he's just going for what's most interesting and captivating, and then we, then we discuss, like, we'll take a break, and we'll, after, you know, shooting a, long, a, a bunch of long takes we'll shoot we'll we'll take a break and discuss what we need in order to make the scene work because he's also the editor so yeah. just it, it works out that way yeah. but a lot of the time he's just going in for what his eyes sees you know and that's why i love working with him i love that kind of i love having if you're going to work in this way you need someone who just has an eye yeah that's what he has and i had that sense of watching the film that he knows what you're looking for and and 
and I also this is just a personal thing when I when I talk to filmmakers about this that people carry over from crew members carry over from one film to the next I just love that I think building this kind of artistic community within your own world is just really important if you can do that absolutely yeah yeah and I'm gonna help produce his first feature and so yeah I mean we're we collaborate together that's fantastic and by the way uh soft in the head has been in a number of film festivals uh, around uh the uh the country and around the world buenos aires international film festival vancouver uh, she, uh sheila won for best actress it sounds like at the brooklyn film festival yep. um you won at the dallas video fest for winner best narrative feature uh it's so it's getting a lot of acclaim uh and rightfully and deservedly um What's next? What are you working on? I th- I've read you got something coming up. Let's yeah, go. so we shot another movie last summer called Uncertain Terms, and that'll premiere in June. Okay. Uh, it'll, it'll start its festival play in June. And then I am in pre-production for a movie that I'm going to shoot this summer called Thinking Heaven, and we're doing a Kickstarter campaign right now for it. Okay. And it's uh, about a drug rehabilitation commune back in 1990 in uh, suburban New York, okay. and it's it's kind of another just uh, boiling pot of, like, it's just a bunch of characters who right. are on the verge of a nervous breakdown. <laughs> yeah. and, I'm, and you said 1990. I assume there's a lot of cocaine involved in the rehabilitation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Those were the days. Anyway, um, well, this, again, uh, just uh, uh, these are the kind of films that I live for to do, uh, to be able to talk to filmmakers like yourself. Uh, just uh, It's just such a, an exciting uh thing to watch is uh, actors do th- what they did in this film, which your cast was able to do. Uh, I was completely um, um, pulled into their stories and absolutely thought that uh, Ed Ryan and that and his and his section of the film was just remarkable. I, I that to see the the sort of uh, interplay between all of those actors completely. Bl- I mean, I felt really. I keep saying this, but I just felt. You're right. It's more of a documentary in that regard. It just feels so real, and that is just a again a testament to your cast and to and to your direction and your people. So thank you. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Uh, so again, soft in the head. We've got a website which I do not have in front of me. What's the website? It's uh, koenigfilms.com. It's K-O-N-E-C right. films.com, and soft in the head is on there. Well. Congratulations, uh, and I hope that uh, for some future projects, if you got some time, I'd love to have you back on to talk. So Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, you're so welcome. Nathan Silver, the film is Soft in the Head, uh, directed by uh, Nathan Silver. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.